Welcome to the Level Up Podcast, brought to you by Century 21, the Harrelson Group, featuring masterminds with real estate leaders, coaches, and influencers, plus eye-opening strategy sessions with up-and-coming agents. You'll learn exactly how to go from agent to entrepreneur. And now, let's get to the latest episode of Level Up. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the latest episode of the Level Up podcast, where we learn how to go from agent to entrepreneur. And we have Greg Harrelson with us, and we're going to uh, go deep on leverage today. We have no guest, and so Greg is off the chain. Uh, we're talking about whatever we feel like talking about, uh, but we've been uh, kind of bouncing around the idea of leverage for a while, and uh, we've alluded to it, and Greg, you've talked about it a little bit in this sense, but just very, like, very, you know, scratching your pinky nail on the surface of what we could get into. And you have a very kind of a unique perspective on uh, leverage, especially as you kind of move up the entrepreneurial ladder and get busier and your businesses get bigger and uh, a very, very different way of looking at leverage that I really like. And so we want to go deeper into that. So first of all, welcome and thanks for uh, for taking the time today. Yeah, well, good. I'm glad. Uh, I'm glad we have the, the the chance to kind of do a deep dive on a specific subject, especially leverage. Because if you think about real estate and, and the trends of building teams or companies, and you know, trying to scale, you know, a lot of these things, team building, expansion, scaling, all of it occurs through leverage. Now, of course, that might made it. I might maybe I'm making it too simple and saying it's only leverage. But the reality is, leverage is very significant in pulling off all these things. Uh, mm -hmm. So it's a it's a conversation, you know, that I think is worthy of having. Yeah, yeah, and and I and I know I have looked at leverage this way. So I'll, I'll throw out the kind of the conventional view of leverage that we come yeah. into, which which that's hard enough of a mental shift to make. But I feel like the way that you look at leverage is. Uh, whether you could say another layer or maybe maybe just is is involved in the level up, the mentally leveling up process. So here's, I think, where most people are at. We think of leverage in terms of, okay, I've been doing everything. Now let's get yeah. other people involved in doing things. And so maybe they take some really good practical advice. There's actually a great, uh, there's a great section of the book, Scale, where he talks about just listing out everything you do and sorting it out into A, B, C, and D priorities. And let's, hey, let's figure out how to get, you know, delete, delegate, or whatever, all the stuff that's in the D category, very, very simple stuff. And I think that's the way that most people look at leverage is how can I stop doing things? How can I get other people to do things for me? Or how can I get technology to replicate and do some of the things that I've been doing manually? All very good things. But as you move up the entrepreneurial ladder, what needs to shift in how we look at leverage? Well, I want to add one more thing here to what you just said is I uh, another desire that they have that, uh, you know, in, in the context of leverage is I want to leverage other people to do the things that I actually don't want to do. And yeah. now most people don't say that, right? They don't say, well, I don't want to prospect, so I'm going to leverage somebody to prospect. They usually don't say that. They say, well, I want to scale, and for me to scale, I'm going to have to leverage people, and I'll get people to prospect. But the challenge is, is a lot of times the things that people are trying to leverage in others are things that they just don't want to do. Now, if you're the other person, how many people want to be leveraged by someone that's just given them all the stuff that they hate doing? So I think that that's just kind of a flaw that a lot of people go and that's how they think. And I think that's a setup for disaster. But my little twist on leverage is this, and I understand leveraging others, but I think there's something way more important than leveraging others, and that's having others leverage you. 
So if you look at the company that I've, I've, I've built, you know, whether it's a coaching model, that's how I would explain it. Some people may explain it a little bit differently. But what I've done is I've done some things over my career. Maybe I, I got pretty good at prospecting. Maybe I learned my scripts pretty good. Maybe I, you know, got pretty damn good at listing properties, selling a lot of properties. And then what I did is I had people come into my company. I attracted people into my company. And instead of thinking, how can I leverage John Doe? I was thinking, how could John Doe leverage me? So then when I bring this new talent who's not even licensed, is just getting licensed into the business, I'm thinking, how can this new licensee leverage me? What is it about me that is leverageable? Now, what some people are going to say, well, Greg, how can you ever get out of the business? Well, I'm doing less than I've ever done. But the things that I do do are the things that I'm really, really, really good at. And if I allow people to observe, shadow, learn, and leverage those skill sets, talents, and mindsets that I have, then they are going to turn around and reach higher levels of production, which then in turn gives me more profitability. So yeah. I can leverage one person to do some things that I don't want to do, or I can be somebody that's highly skilled, allow others to leverage me. And when I'm allowing them to leverage me, I tend to, or the people that do that tend to have more profit and do mm. better in the long run, because that's how you're developing talent. People are out there saying, well, I want to build a team and I want to develop talent. Well, how are you going to develop talent? You don't develop talent by giving them, leveraging them to do the things that you don't want to do. You develop talent by being a talented individual and allowing other people to tap into mm. that source of talent. Yeah. And then what that person does with that creates huge increases in production. Yeah, and there's a lot. There's a lot of different elements we could dive into. Um, I will say this: there, I was talking to um, the number one team leader in North Dakota uh, on a podcast, and uh, and he was saying that one of the highest value uses of his time is the ability for him to just step in at the key moments, uh, both to do two things. Number one, to build to do unexpected, unplanned, very personal communication with the people on his team. To make them right. feel seen, heard, valued, right? Which a lot of us overlook, especially entrepreneurially. And then second is the the ability to step in and when his team is communicating with clients or referral partners and other high value, like the you know other high value relationships, the ability for him to just step in at the at the level that he's at and just one little like little extra bump in communication that might take him 30 or 60 seconds, one message, one email, one quick phone call to a strategic partner or a key client or someone like that can make all the difference versus trying to delegate everything. And I think that's that's the trap for anyone that kind of gets a hold of the message of leverage is a lot of times, of course, the pendulum swings too far, right? And we yes. think, great, yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to leverage, I'm going to delegate everything not realizing that within everything that we delegate, there's that ABCD, there's that, there's that magic 1% where we can do something that doesn't take us a lot of time and we're really good at it and it can absolutely magnify the results of whatever that other person is doing for us. I mean, it can double, triple, quadruple the results that they get just by us retaining that little 1% to do something, to step into the process at key times and do what we're best at. And I think that's what you're really good at is you've recognized what that 1% is and you try to spend as much of your time as possible during the day 
in that 1%, which is extremely yes. difficult, but that's why you've built what you've built. Yeah, so great, great observation. And, and whoever that one guy is in South Dakota, uh, I think you said it's a guy, but uh, we mm -hmm. probably could have a great podcast with him um, about leadership because I, I, you, you touched on some points. You're telling me some things about him that I just really love uh, to hear. Um, yeah, so, you know, I look at it this way and, 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 and to speak on some of the things and piggyback on some of the things you said is I have to take a really good look at myself and say, okay, I'm probably bad at some things. I'm probably okay at some things. I'm probably good at some things. And I might be really good at some things. And I'm probably the best at one or two things. So what I'm going to do is the things that I'm not so good at, I need to find somebody to leverage. I need to leverage somebody on the things that, not that I don't want to do them. I need to leverage somebody on the things that I don't, that I'm not that good at. Because mm -hmm. leveraging them is me being a smart leader. That is hiring somebody who's smarter than me in that discipline. And the things that I'm good at, I should probably leverage because I need to not be, I shouldn't have good should not be a standard in the company. Great should be a standard. So if I'm good at it, I need to hire somebody and leverage them because they're great at it. So I'm, I'm like, I'm improving. I'm adding to the company. They're bringing something to me. I'm leveraging them, but I'm choosing what to leverage based on the things that maybe I'm not the best at. And I'm not going to say that I'm the best at everything, but I surely will make a public statement and say, I am damn good at generating business of any kind. You have a generating conversation with me, and I know how to make it happen. You know, how, you want to have a conversion conversation with me. You want to know how to close a deal, handle an objection. You know what scripts you need to use. I am. I feel like I can stand up stage on stage with the best of them. Maybe there's equal and better than me, but I am really confident in those areas. So those are the areas that I do not leverage others to do in my company. Those are the areas that I'm going to make sure that I am allowing other people to leverage me in that particular topic. Look who joined. Did you see that? <laughs> Did you yeah, see we'll uh, to, Matt? Did you uh, see yeah, my, uh, I, I kicked him off. We'll have to cut him off. Okay, we'll, yeah, good, we'll, good. we'll get him okay. back on. We'll cut this part out. But yeah, I noticed he jumped, dropped in there. <laughs> we'll work out. So I, hopefully that point, I made that point, is that that one area that I feel very strong in, Mm -hmm. then I don't, I'm choosing not to leverage people to replace me in that one area. But what I am doing in the context of saving time and freeing time up for myself is other people are better than me at. So I'm going to leverage them because they're better than me at those things, not because I don't want to do it. Now, what it looks like, as you are talking about when somebody says, says, hey, I got a minute. Sometimes it's good as a leader to be there for those that some, you know, and answer some of those random I got a minute questions. Well, mm -hmm. one way that I let people leverage, and it, this would be a, a tangible example, is when I'm in my, say, my, my training center, you know, in Myrtle Beach, and, and somebody comes up and asks me a question, say it's a newer agent, and they want to ask me a question on how to, you know, what, how can I handle this objection better? 
then I'll look around the room and I'll see other agents in the room and I'll say, hey, John, hey, Jay, hey, Jill, come over here. I'm getting ready to answer Jason's question. But while I answer this question, I'd love for you to observe it, too. Now what I'm doing is I'm taking the, that, that five minutes I'm going to spend with that one agent and I'm multiplying it by four or five times because I'm going to actually train five people for the cost of one person in relative to time. Then I know, because it's on the subject of sales skills, that once I teach it, if I hammer it in and I teach them that one skill, they're going to leverage that skill for the rest of their career. So me taking that five or ten minutes and le letting them leverage me allows train five people a skill that they'll be using every year for the rest of their career and let's assume they're with me for the next 10 years that's five agents times 10 years that I will be profiting from that five minutes see that's allowing others to leverage you now if somebody comes to me and says hey what form should I use to like you know how do what what listing paperwork should I have them sign I if I knew which I don't know but if I did know I wouldn't tell them. Yeah. I won't let them leverage me there because I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to tell them a shortcut. Oh, just go ahead and get this and just have them sign that and initial then. You'll be good. And I'll miss like a, a form. And right. I'm the best one to be answering those questions. So I'm very clear on who I am and how people and, and, and who should be leveraging me. And then I am leveraging others for everything else. Yeah. Love it. Yeah, it's a it's a completely different approach, but to me, it's one of those key questions that we could periodically just ask ourselves, as just a creative thinking exercise, to look for those ways. Because you have a very clear line drawn in your head between the, the things that you allow people to leverage you on and the things that you don't. And I think that's where a lot of us as leaders yeah. get very murky, uh, and we all, we all have kind of our own opinions, but... We, we could literally separate out like, hey, here are the ways that people can leverage me. Now, out of those things, what are what is the top five or ten things that I can do that when they leverage me, it actually gets me results for the next five or ten years? And if it doesn't, then that's where you draw that line and say, okay, yes. someone else, even if I could help them, even if it took me five minutes, that's five minutes that I should be spending over here in other areas where I can make the biggest impact. And to me, that to, I mean, that's really the, the thing yeah. that separates us from making more and building more. Here's something that just came to my mind, and, and maybe it won't make sense. Maybe okay. it will. I'm hoping it will. Okay. And if it doesn't, that's okay. I said <laughs> that's it. Right. We'll, just, you guys we'll can, cut this part out. Just, just tell me I'm an idiot. Um, <laughs> what just flashed through the, my mind is this. When those that are focusing on leverage are focusing on ROI, and I think that's important. Mm -hmm. But those that are focused on being leveraged – on RT, return on time. And yeah, say, say that again. Case, say that again. Okay. So people, when you're focusing about leveraging others, you're focusing on return on your investment and ROI. When you're focusing and thinking about um, being leveraged by others, then that's when your attention is on ROT, which is return of time. Okay. You see, when I talked about being in that room and this one agent asked that question, I immediately said, it's going to take me about five minutes, look around the room, find five other people or four other people. Now I got five people that are going to hear me um, answer that question. So my time that I had to invest was five minutes. But my return on that time 
was whatever they profit from that one five-minute investment over the next 10 years times five people, which will end up being more profit, more of a return than if I'm always focusing on ROI. So I think this whole concept of leverage versus being leveraged has a lot more to do in my personal mind as ROI and ROT. Now, I focus on both of those as a business person, but in in, in talking about the concept of being leveraged, that is an ROT concept, not an ROI concept. Gotcha. Yeah, that makes total sense. Yeah, and it's uh, I think that's where people can, hopefully that will help drive the point home of, of why ask that question and then what do you do with it? And yeah, I think you're exactly right. That is where that fits in. And uh, it's it's difficult to keep in mind. And I don't quite know I guess what my what my mechanism is for for helping me to change that mindset. I've been thinking about it more since you and I have been working together. I think about return on time a lot more than I used to, um, but it is something where I, I'm still working on the structure of how do I periodically and systematically review my schedule and my behavior to make sure that that's actually aligning with what I'm coming to believe about return on time and being leveraged, right? Because intellectually, you like I've made the shift. But in terms of actually emotionally and psychologically, so it affects my behavior and that becomes an expression of who I am. It hasn't sunk down at that level yet. And so I think there's, um, there's something to be said there for, for just forcing ourselves to revisit that idea on a regular basis, even if it has to be a calendar a reminder, literally to sit down for a half hour once a month and say, okay, how is my schedule expressing the, the value of return on time? And am I, once I set that schedule, am I honoring those time blocks? I mean, is there, you know, because the, the tactical, like the tactical example you gave, I think that's where a lot of people would struggle initially is because that's an expression of who you are at this point. It's become, it's, it, it really is like ingrained in you. So for anybody, I think who's starting on that journey to getting, making that mindset a part of who they are, I think we have to intentionally remind ourselves to revisit that and ask ourselves that key question. How can I be leveraged? And what am I doing to get better return on time, not just return on investment? And actually re reminding ourselves to like revisit that actively and intentionally, like on a regular basis. That's my personal opinion, you know, on, on how to change the mindset. Yeah, I think that's good. And I'll, I'll just give you one more um, maybe tidbit on that, at least that how I process is, you know, I get opportunities that come to me often, whether it be buying a property or starting a business or investing in a business and, and whatnot. And I'm always looking at what's my return on time. And there are op there are times where I'll I'll have an opportunity where let's just I'll just put a random number uh, number out there that if I did this I could make two hundred thousand dollars a year, okay? But if I did that, it would take X amount of time. Or take advantage of this opportunity, and it's only going to make me fifty thousand dollars. But it's really not going to take any of my time. It may take a little bit of my company's resources. Most people will sit there and say, I want to do the $200,000 deal. I will choose the $50,000 deal because I can do unlimited $50,000 deals and I can only do – and there's a limit to how many $200,000 deals cause, uh, that I could do because that's going to take more of my time. Yeah, that's really good. Hmm. So maybe that will shed some light. Again, yes. all yes. we're doing is tapping into my thinking here. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> yes, uh, and that's yeah, and like I said, that that's where I think that you are a practical and tactical genius is really thinking about it at the daily level 
of how do I stay in that magic 1% where the majority of your time produces the most and the highest output, especially leveraging like other people's time, other people's resources and things like that. Um, but allowing yourself to be leveraged by them to continue so that they, when they go out and do the work, their performance is maximized or the, or your system of lead generation, your system of how your company operates improves over time. And that's going to bear, you know, dividends for five or 10 years. Uh, and that's, that's a really great, uh, kind of example of like the systematic mindset that we've talked about that you have that a lot of people don't have. We, we think in terms of doing, we don't think in terms of just a system that's running and just continually tweaking and improving the system. And a lot of times our highest return on time is just to keep on improving the system because the system will generate results for five, 10, 15, 20 years, as opposed to something that takes our time, which might produce a short-term profit that said that looks bigger on paper, but doesn't continue to produce results. There's all kinds of little, um, little ways or little side effects that that mentality has like in our daily actions. So anyway, um, but let's, uh, let's kind of, um, wind things down. Any final thoughts on how people can kind of implement that, that mentality? Well, you know, um, a, a final thought that I'll have, and, and it just came up as you were just sharing what you were sharing, was that think about who wins in this concept. Like, you know, like if I'm leveraging others on everything, then I'm the one winning, and maybe they're winning or not winning. But when I'm allowing others to leverage me, and we think about it, like that five minutes is a great return on my time, but what about the four or five people that learned what they learned in that five minutes. And what about the profits that they made over the next 10 years? See, like because I allowed them to leverage me, we both won. Yeah. And I think that we need to start thinking about that when we start thinking about leverage. Look yourself in the mirror and ask yourself, who's winning? And if it's constantly only you that's winning and benefiting, then it's probably not going to be sustainable over time. You're probably going to have turnover. You're going to probably have a lack of retention and things like that. So you know what? 90% of the time that we spend, yes, we probably should be leveraging others. But most people don't even spend 10% 10 of the time allowing others to leverage them. And I think that that could be a difference in one's trajectory, in one's retention, and, 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 uh, and, and I'm sure many more things than that. Yeah, 100%. Especially profitability. Yeah, yeah, no kidding. Um, well, let's, uh, let's talk about how people can connect with you and, and uh, get their questions answered or learn more about, learn more about you guys. Well, I guess everybody's probably going to now want to leverage me, so, <laughs> so they so they would do that on Facebook Messenger and just ask me a question or just you know you know it's always so nice to you know to hear those uh, messages when you guys the audience will you know send me a message. To um, not all that stuff is uh, 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 appreciated for sure. So um, Facebook Messenger is the best place to reach out to me. Cool. And then if you guys take a look at the, uh, the the show notes, there's a link there. If anybody's ever wondered where Greg get, gets his data that his entire team relies and runs on, uh, there's a link in the show notes where you can learn more about that and Cole Realty Resource, which is where Greg gets his data. So you can, I uh, just wanted to make mention of that. As always, make sure to subscribe, rate, and review the podcast, whether that's on Apple Podcasts or Stitcher, wherever you like to uh, listen to podcasts. If you want the video version of this, it's all on YouTube. Just search, search for the Level Up Podcast. 
uh, we appreciate everybody listening and watching and interacting. And normally we're here on Facebook Live. This one we recorded behind the scenes. Uh, but typically we're live uh, Wednesdays at 1 p.m. Eastern. And so if you are free around that time, if you've done your prospecting in the morning and you're doing some follow-ups and some paperwork around that time, make sure to flip on Facebook and uh, learn while you uh, while you do some paperwork, if that's, if that's the case, uh, 1 o'clock Eastern on Wednesdays. So with that said, Greg, I appreciate the time as always. I know you have some in-person guests to get back to, so we appreciate you taking it out. Um, and thanks so much. All right. Thank you.